you brought a Bible, get it out. Let's go to 1 Peter chapter 5. First Peter chapter 5. I trust you come ready to hear something good today from the Lord. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for this time we have together now. We, we believe that you're alive and at work in our church and in our lives personally. We pray and ask that you would give unto us a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him today. Lord, may our eyes be open, may our understanding be enlightened. Lord, give to us exactly what we need for this time, a word for the hour, and a message for this time. Thank you for it now. We expect, and Lord, we're looking to you for all that we do, all that, we're, all that we receive. In Jesus' name, amen. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 5, says, Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders, Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. And so we've been on this subject for a number of weeks now, talking about humility, talking about descending higher. And how God has a plan for you and for me, and He wants to lift us up. He wants us to be promoted. He wants us to be exalted. But the way that, that He's going to do that is through the humbling of our own hearts. All right? he, he doesn't lift the proud. All right? If I've got pride in my life, that's a hindrance to God working in me. It's a, it's a hindrance to Him promoting me and bringing out the fullness of the potential of my life. But if I will identify acknowledge and eliminate pride from my heart then and only then does his grace come in and begin to lift me out of whatever funk I'm in or whatever lowly place that I'm in and so acknowledging and, and discovering these principles of uh, pride versus humility is of tremendous tremendous value and it's kind of like um, many things in our lives spiritually especially they don't take place overnight I mean there, there are some times when we can see a truth we recognize it and change then uh, comes quickly as a response to that but how many have figured out that most change in our lives takes place gradually it's called it it happens through the renewal of our mind all right and, and I've got to begin to think different if I don't think different, I'm going to be like the lottery winner who goes broke in a couple years. Hmm? So you've got to have the vision for, for where you want to be. You have to think in accordance to where you want to be. That's why oftentimes, the, you know, someone has a, and I'm not against this, you know, but I'm just saying, frequently when someone has like a surgery to lose weight, they get, they get large again. And I'm, I'm not saying I'm, I'm against that, but what, what happens is, well, there's no vision change. There's no change of thinking. And eventually, we become what we think. It, whatever we meditate on, whatever we see on the inside of us, that's our future. And so if I can align that with God's plan and His Word and His promises, then, oh, happy day. Come on, we're going up today. We're, the, the Lord is leading us in the right way, and we'll be able to maintain and handle anything that comes upon us. 
All right, then I can say, yeah, just go ahead and lay your hands on me and pray for me. <laughs> but so many times we want that. It's just someone make me into this. If I can get enough people praying for me, then they can just make me all better. No, no, there's value in prayer, and it can bring some relief. It can bring some change, but the change won't be lasting. It won't be permanent unless we get a different picture on the inside, right? That's why the Scripture talks about us having our minds renewed. Amen, We're from Romans 12. And so that's true also in this area when we're dealing with humility. We've been shining the light on pride so, again, we can identify it and remove it from our lives, take out those hindrances, those things that stand in the way of our promotion from the Lord. Let me remind you of this other scripture as well today. 1 John 2.16 says, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of God the world notice the pride of life is not of God it's not of the father who is it of it is of the world again a motivation a reason for us to be adamantly opposed to an arrogant high-minded proud look all right when we see that and recognize that we've got to get it out now uh, there are some things that we can do just physical acts that we can do sometimes that can help us with humility I know one of those actions is bowing or kneeling. Do you ever kneel when you pray to the Lord? Uh, I know most of the time I like to walk and, 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 and stand when I praise God and when I pray. Maybe that's because I preach a lot and I'm not used to sitting in church anymore. <laughs> but, uh, but, but I know sometimes it's just in my heart that when I go to pray, I want to bow my knee. What is that? I mean, no, it's scripture. We can show scriptures on that. But that's a sign. That's an action of humility. You're saying... Lord, you are greater than I. You're saying, you're saying, you are God, you are the master, you are the Lord of my life, and I humbly submit myself to you. You know, when we worship God, if you, if you truly worship the Lord this morning while we were singing, you didn't just sing the songs, but you know what you worshiped? That's an act of humility, because you are acknowledging God's place in your heart and in your life. You're calling him who he is, and you're taking your place as uh, submitted to him. All right, those are acts. If we do those type of things on a continual and ongoing basis, we're helping. It's assisting in our desire to be clothed with humility. Amen. Okay, and so uh, some of these areas can help us, and um, I, I think it's wise at times to watch how we treat and how we act towards those that we feel feel superior to. Maybe if maybe if you if you are in a superior position at work or in some place in your life where you're over other people, watch how you treat them. All right, because sometimes that's one of those avenues that pride can sneak in, and you find yourself speaking down to people as if they're a lesser of lesser value as a human being. And if you recognize that coming out of you, let me encourage you: cut it out. I mean, get that out right away. Identify it, blow it out of the water, and say. No, Lord, forgive me, I'm not going to act that way. Uh, you know, I mean, you recognize authority in a position, but superiority in the sense of, of value, no, no. Uh, the Lord Jesus died for all of us. And so we've got to watch out for some of those, those things. I, I want to talk a little bit today about one more characteristic um, of humility and then the contrasting behavior of the proud. And I hope everybody came with their big boy pants on today because uh, uh, this is not one of those s subjects and one of those issues I just want to kind of dance around and be real sweet about. 
Because <laughs> when we recognize the severe limitations that pride puts on, the, on a person's life, we should kind of deal aggressively with it and say, I'm going to get this junk out of here. All right. So sometimes we have to hit it in the nose so that you remember. How many know if you get hit in the nose, you remember for a while? <laughs> Maybe 10 years later, you're still telling that story. <laughs> Why? It had an impact on you. And so sometimes in a, in a mental way or a spiritual way, we want to hit things in the nose and help people to remember. And so I want to read again from 1 Peter chapter 5. Those of you who have been a part of this series, you may have noticed that I've been reading chapter or verse 5 and 6, but verse 6 ends with a comma. I mean, you know the sentence doesn't always end with the verse number. And usually, if you're reading a sentence, you might want to read the whole thing. But I've been intentionally leaving it out, saving it for today. Huh? And that's verse 7. Notice it says, Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Now, sometimes we quote that scripture, and we pull it out of context, and, uh, and it's a valid truth all by itself, but, but, but look at the context. The way that a person humbles themselves under the mighty hand of God is by casting their care upon the Lord. In other words, a proud person maintains care. A humble person casts it away onto the Lord. Anybody getting nervous yet? Listen to this from the Amplified Bible. Or take a look with me on the screen. Casting the whole of your care, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all on Him. For He cares for you affectionately and cares about you watchfully. What are we talking about? The proud person is a worrier. The proud person is anxious. And I know we oftentimes probably have not connected these things together. We worry and pull out our hair and lose sleep and, and have anxiety and say we're trusting God all through the middle of it. But how many know that's a contradiction of terms? Hmm. And how do we humble ourselves according to this verse? By casting our cares, our anxieties, our worries upon Him. You see, to worry and to be anxious is a reflection of a proud heart. You might recall that we shared with you some time back that the proud person doesn't like to ask for help. The proud person doesn't want to let anyone else know that they are incapable on their own or that there is a lack of knowledge or understanding by themselves. They want to leave the air with the impression with everybody else that they've got it all together at all times. That there's never any, any weakness, there's never any lack, there's never anything missing. And so if, they're, if they are missing something, they are lacking in some area, they don't want to tell anybody. But how many know, again, that's the proud heart. The humble person is willing to acknowledge truth. I am where I am, I have what I have, I know what I know. And if it's not sufficient in this area of my life, at this time in my life, it still is what it is. It doesn't change because I want you to think that I've got it all perfect. The humble person will say, help, when they need to. The humble person will seek out the assistance of others, and most importantly, the assistance of the Lord, okay? 
the humble people trust in the Lord and the, pr- the proud basically trust in themselves. Who are you putting your trust in? Okay, let me give you a couple verses. You don't need to turn to these. Uh, Zechariah chapter 4 and verse 6. So he answered and said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. What's he saying? Not by your might, not by your power, not by the strength of man. He said, but, but I'm, the way I work, it's by my spirit. That ought to be one of the mottos of our lives. Yes, I'm going to be successful. Yes, I'm going to overcome. Yes, I'm going to have victory. I'm going to be happy all my days. But not because of me, not because of my might, not because of my strength or my resources or my experience or my street smarts or, what, or my education or, 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 or resources or finances. No, it's by the Spirit of God. The reason I win, the reason I succeed, and the reason I am going up higher and higher is because God is doing a work in me. It is by His Spirit. That's the hallmark. That's one of the sayings of the humble. Whereas the proud, they say, you know, I got this. I'm good, I'm good, I got this. And they've always got it. But that's a great limitation. Psalm 20 and verse 7 says, Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. Now, our temptation isn't directly related to chariots, probably. But, again, you see the picture. People are trusting in natural things, natural strength, natural ability, what I can do. He said, but we will remember the name of the Lord. Isn't that a good, a good uh, counsel for any part of your life, any day of the week, when you wake up, remember Him. If you're going through a challenge, remember Him. If you're, everything's good, man, you're laughing and everything's flowing remember him that's oftentimes when people start entering into pride is when they have success and they forget where their success comes from he said but we will remember the name of the Lord proud people again these are strong statements but let's hold on to them because I'm not really adding anything to this these verses proud people worry the humble cast their cares on the Lord now I know it's uh, very common to deal with people when they're anxious when they're full of worry we often want to pet that and deal with it in a real soft way and there's time for definitely time for gentle gentle uh, encouragement and those type of things and you know but sometimes when we're dealing with things like this like worry you know we want to say oh it's okay you don't have to worry Uh, It's all right. I understand. I mean, everybody worries. I mean, but I question whether that's the right approach to deal with this subject. Or if maybe it should be knock it off. You got to quit that. It's kind of like parents sometimes in dealing with their children, in training up their children, there are some things that the the child might do something wrong disobeying an area and they get corrected in a gentle way they get corrected and let we they you know are told this is incorrect you need to change this so forth but it's not like life or death I mean you don't throw them overboard (laughs) you know what I'm saying but there are some times when their behavior because of what it is it demands a greater response you are going to make sure that little Jimmy remembers this one why? Because, not because you're out of control, hopefully, 
but because the nature of what they did is a very serious issue. And so you're not just going to say, now don't be doing that again. It's going to get more extreme, isn't it? Uh, and it's for little Jimmy's own good. And he's going to remember this and tell about it when he's an adult. <laughs> but he's never going to do it again either. You know, it's kind of like if, if little Jimmy is uh, playing with something dangerous. You know, he, little Jimmy's running out into a busy street. It's like, oh, you know, Jimmy, you really shouldn't do that. I mean, that's naughty. You know, or he's playing with the power tools or something. You know, you want little Jimmy to grow up with fingers. You want little Jimmy to not get run over by a car, right? So you're going to deal with it. You're going to uh, let him know that this is kind of a life or death situation here. And there are things in God that are that way. And I think we're talking about one of them. Even though we usually don't give it this much force, this much emphasis, there was a time when Jesus was with his disciples they would travel sometimes by boat and he was tired he was sleeping and some of you know the story how there was a great storm and this was a serious deal I mean the, literally the Bible says their lives were in jeopardy they could have died I mean this is a major major storm they're out on the sea and um, these guys are panicking they're freaking out they go wake up Jesus and it's like don't you care we're gonna die out here and uh, it's interesting how Jesus responded to them. He got up, remember? He rebuked the storm. Peace, be still. He dealt with that. And then he turned to the disciples and said, you guys, you know, you really need to work on your storms. Because, you know, your attitude, your heart, it's really not. Is that how he did it? It's interesting how he dealt with that. Because he rebuked the storm and then turned and rebuked them. I said, what are you guys doing? What's with the unbelief here? And if you step back, you think, well, it, that sounds kind of harsh. I mean, Jesus, this was a serious storm. I mean, couldn't you go easy on the guys? I mean, it, this is a serious deal. I mean, you can understand why they were so afraid. Their lives were in jeopardy. Jesus didn't treat them that way. I'm talking about Mr. Love here kindness gentleness mr forgiver mr mercy and yet he dealt with them in that circumstance very sternly and he rebuked them for something that they thought well how are we supposed to know yet he expected them to know better he expected them to deal with the situation and not be afraid why is that could it be that these issues of worry and anxiety and and uh, being afraid could actually harm us maybe he was saving their life down the road by dealing very straight with them in that circumstance he didn't say oh you know everybody's got trouble with storms I mean we're on the water you know people get seasick and stuff you know no no he got all over their case about it and sometimes we need to hear this when it comes to you know we're we're letting ourselves worry be anxious and all this stuff and we think oh but everybody's that way knock it off it will hinder you. Come on. And listen, this is an issue, according to the word now, this is an issue of pride. And pride needs to be ousted from all of our hearts and all of our lives. 
Now let me say some other things here. This is going to be annoying to some, but just stay where you're at or we'll know it's you. (laughs) Cameras are present in the room. (laughs) Anything that the Word of God says about me, for me to say different is arrogant. Now this is where it's a challenge, and I know... For some, it's a matter of ignorance, and so it's not necessarily pride. But ignorance will get you killed, too. (laughs) That's what the Bible tells us. But if the Word says that I'm healed, yet I say that I'm sick, man, what pride and arrogance. I need to learn to submit to the Word. Why would I exalt my own belief about myself, about my own physical condition or other things, above what God says? And this works in a lot of areas. But you know it's not pride, it's not pride to boldly declare what God says about you, even if it's good. If the Lord says something positive about me, and I say the same thing and acknowledge what He said about me, That's not pride. That's actually humility. I am humbly submitting myself to God's word even though his word might contradict my thinking. Even though his word might be different than what my circumstances are currently yelling at me. A humble person says, God is right. His promise is true. His word is correct in my life today, no matter what I see, no matter what I feel. If God says that I'm righteous, I am. I'm not going to override that and say, oh, no, I'm just some old sinner. I'm just some good for nothing. I'm not worth anything. You arrogant fool. Stop talking contrary to the word of God. Now, if you don't know what it says, that's one thing. But for those of us who know, we know what God has promised. We know what he has said to us. It's time to start submitting to that and say, Lord, you are right. If he says I'm accepted, I am. If he says I'm empowered, if I'm strong, I'm complete, I'm saved, then I am. Pride would just say the opposite. You see, pride says things like, I can't, when the Word says I can. Do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And and He's given us some amazing promises, but we look at ourselves and our circumstances, and we say, I can't do it. I'm not able. I don't have enough, yet He's my supplier. He's my need meter. And we make all these statements not fully realizing what we're saying. Are we, are we really prepared to say, God, I'm right and you're wrong. I know you promised this. I know you said this to me, but I'm going to go ahead and stay with what I think. And we're getting what we think from our own experiences, from our circumstances around us, and we're setting aside the Word of God. Everybody okay? Okay. See, faith is humbling, humbly acknowledging that God's word is true, giving it place over our lives and circumstances. 
Would you be willing today to submit yourself to God's healing power, His provision, His peace and joy? Or will you stiffen your neck and stand for what stand for your right to be sick, poor, and depressed? See, we need to humble ourselves under the Word of God because that is humbling ourselves under God. Whenever I find something that He says about me, I say, Lord, I submit to that. I'd be willing to submit to that. Now, it'd be one thing if everything He said about us was just like bad news. It was like a bummer. It's like, man, you're going down and we have to submit to it. Well, He's God. I guess I'd have to, but the truth is that's not the case. The truth is He has told me good things. He has promised me blessing. He's promised to lift me, to make me something special. And what is he asking for me to do? To submit to that. To humbly say, God, you are right, even when my feelings go contrary. My feelings say I'm not worthy of it. I'm not worth it. I don't deserve it. My feelings are irrelevant in this, in this conversation. If the Lord said it about me, if he promised this would be true, then, Lord, I submit to that. People do that not only with the, po- the positives, the promises of God, sometimes in, in, in behavior issues where, he, where we are instructed how to act, how to treat a spouse, how to, how to deal with a friend, how to deal with someone who has wronged us. When the, when the Bible tells us to forgive and how, and how to act certain times, we come up with our own scenario, and we basically, in doing that, in doing something different than what he told us to do, we're saying, Lord, you're wrong about this way, about this one. I've got a better plan. What is that? Man, that's arrogance. That's pride. That's saying my brain <laughs> is much bigger than, than God Almighty who knows everything. That's just not real smart. Now, now you guys are looking at me like someone punched you in the gut. <laughs> Only to this end, right? If we see it, if we see it as a serious issue, we remember it. And we say, wow, I don't want to be caught doing that, setting myself up like I know it all, like my ways are right, like I got this all, I got this all. And we end up being self-trusting. I put all my faith and and trust in self instead of the Lord. You know, um, Jesus taught us in Matthew 6 that it's only the, the, basically, he called them Gentiles, those outside of the covenant of God would be the ones who would seek after all the natural stuff. He said, they're the ones that worry. He said, you guys don't need to worry. You're better than the birds. Man, you're better than the flowers. God loves you more than all these things. He said, leave that worry and stuff to the Gentile. Leave it for those who don't have a covenant with God. But those who can call Him Father, those who know His love and care for us, how it is the Father's good pleasure to give us the kingdom, we don't need to bother worrying. We don't need to bother living with anxiety and fear as if it's not going to work out. As if God's going to let you, His beloved, His, the apple of His eye, the joy of His day, as if He's going to let you go down. Not going to happen. Never going to go that way. And that's why he told us, that's the way the world operates. Man, they worry about stuff. They're pulling out their hair. They're not sleeping at night. They've got all kinds of chronic issues because of their, uh, because of their, their fear and anxieties. But you, you are loved. 
You are accepted. The Father wants to bless you and lift you and increase you, so knock it off. Amen. Don't we have a good motive to go this way? The world worries, but the people of God don't need to. Not only should I not, I just don't need to. Let's go over to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. Verse 6. Philippians 4, 6. It says, be anxious for a few things. Is that what it says? Be anxious for what? For nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. The Amplified says, do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. Is it possible? I mean, think about this. Isn't this is this kind of a pipe dream here? You, you're telling me I'm not supposed to worry about anything? I mean, everybody worries. Everybody worries about some things, right? Well, since we're told not to, that would reveal that within the command is the ability to fulfill it. That it is entirely possible in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, this world, there's a lot of things to worry about. I mean, in this world, I'm not super confident that this world is going to keep getting better and better and we're going to have utopia. Hmm. No. In this world, man, there are things to worry about. But is it possible for me as a child of God to kind of live in a bubble within the world? To where I can, in the midst of stress-filled, worry-filled, fear-filled living, that I can be at peace. That I can live with confident expectation of a bright tomorrow. Is that possible? Must be possible. Or he wouldn't told me, wouldn't have told me, be anxious. Don't fret or worry about anything. So that's good news right there. I already see. Okay, can you see this? This is possible. If you've been a full-time expert worrier, for decades, the possibility exists in your future to wipe that out. Yeah, yeah. Do you see that? But here, here's the deal. It's not just a mental switch where I'm going to, okay, I've been worrying, I've been worrying. Now I'm going to, and I'm going to push it out. I'm going to have a mental warfare, and I'm going to stop worrying. I'm going to find peace in my mind somewhere. No. He said to make an exchange. He said, don't worry about it, pray about it. Don't worry, basically what? Trusting your own self, your own resources, your own ability, replaying that thing over and over and over again, rewind, play it again, rewind, play it again, rewind, play it again. A worrier sees the worst case scenario. They see what is and they see what could be worse. And they replay that over and over and over and over again. He said, don't worry about it. Pray about it. Don't take it yourself. Give it to the Lord. It's called casting your care on Him. Amen. Why would He tell us that? Obviously, if we will genuinely and truly give it to Him, He fixes it. 
I mean, it's not just I'm going to give the situation over to him, and then now he has it, but I've still got to live in it. But I can say, well, at least God has it. I mean, how does that give me peace? That doesn't. It's just a matter of semantics. The issue is if I truly cast it over on him and I stop worrying and fretting and being anxious about it, then he makes it better. That's that's my only motive for doing that. And so, amen. Let's go over to Psalm 37. Let me show you another one here. Everybody okay? Anybody full yet? Still got room for dessert? All right, that's coming Wednesday. (laughs) We're just dealing with stuff here today. Psalm 37. Notice verse 5. It says, commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. See the same language here. I'm committing my way to who? To him. I'm trusting in him, and he brings it to pass. I'm not holding on to it myself. I'm not putting all of my trust in me, because then I have to bring it to pass. And I may not be able to bring it to pass. But if I'll commit it to Him, if I'll trust Him, then He certainly can bring it to pass. And He will bring it to pass. You see that? Let me give this to you from the Young's literal translation. This is interesting. The literal translation of that verse says it like this. Roll on Jehovah thy way. Roll on Jehovah thy way and trust upon Him and He worketh. What, what do I mean? What do you mean, roll on Jehovah? It's that same concept of casting your care upon Him. It's on me. I realize. I see what's happening, and I'm going to roll it off me, and I'm going to roll it over onto Him. Isn't that good? You see, what we're talking about here is not uh, ignoring the way things are. We're not talking about a passive approach where we just kind of ignore problems or ignore circumstances the way they are. We're saying, you know, I'm not going to look at it, not going to look at it. I don't know if you've ever done that before. You know, maybe a bill comes in the mail and you're just like, I'm totally not opening that. <laughs> I, I know it's not good news, so I'm not even going to look. <laughs> well, I mean, no, that's not a good long-term approach. Eventually they will find you. <laughs> you have to open that. And what we're, not, what we're talking about, whether it's a physical condition or a financial stress or, or, you know, marital issues, people can only go so long ignoring. Things catch up with you. You know, it's like, I've got this problem. I don't really want to know what it is. Well, yeah, you, but really you do. You know, people ignore problems in their relationships for many years. And all of a sudden, bam! Hello? Still there. Just because, just because you ignored it doesn't mean it wasn't there. And so we're not talking about dealing with stuff that way. Not talking about just a passive approach. We're talking about an intentional, aggressive, proactive approach to our, to our lives. I see what the issue is, and I'm not just going to look away. I'm going to look at it and intentionally move it over from me to Him. Once I believe that He has it, I'm at peace. If I have it, it's heavy. Man, this is too big. For, man, this is, ah, I don't like this. I'm thinking about it. I'm worrying about it. I'm concerned about it. But once I roll it over onto him, I don't have it anymore. 
Can you see that? That's not just a, a, a wimpy way of dealing with it. I don't want to look at it. I don't want to deal with it. No, I'm dealing with it head on on the authority of the Word of God. He told me that it would be proud for me to bear that thing. But it would be humble for me to acknowledge it and give it over to Him. Say, Lord, I believe you can work it out today. Sometimes people want to pray about things, but they don't really want to be free from the problem because then they wouldn't have anything to talk about. <laughs> they would get no sympathy. So we've got to be honest with ourselves. Do I really want this thing to go away, or is this the centerpiece of all my conversation? Jesus taught us that nothing really changes for the better by worrying. Remember, he, he, he told us, you're not going to get any taller by worrying. But you don't know how short I am. <laughs> I, I do know this. Well, you don't grow by worrying about it. I don't grow about worrying about money problems. <laughs> grow. Or get out of them. I don't fix my health by worrying about my health. I don't fix my relationships by just being stressed out over them, being anxious about them. It doesn't add anything positive to a person's life when they replay it over and over again. They meditate on it. Rewind, play it again. Rewind, play it again. It never, ever helps to worry and to be anxious about things. There are some people that feel like if they don't worry about you, they don't really love you. Ever heard that? Well, I'm worrying about you. Just want you to know. Just want you to know I've really been worrying about you. I have a request. <laughs> Please stop. <laughs> either be neutral <laughs> or pray and get in faith with me then you'll be a help believe God stand on his word with me okay but if you're just going to be worrying about me uh, that's not helping but they almost see it as like a positive like it's synonymous with love if I worry about you if I love you I worry about you no 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 cares and anxieties and worries only have negative side effects don't don't turn here turn here but Proverbs 12 25 says anxiety in the heart of man causes depression but a good word makes it glad what does it do anxiety causes depression there's a lot of negative effects when people don't follow this word in the scripture there's a lot of negative effects people have and you'll find I mean it's amazing sometimes you'll see people who they don't just don't do everything right they don't follow every every health recommendation or every exercise guideline or all these different things that sometimes can be of value but they live at peace but they live without a care and you find they'll do better in so many areas of life I mean and again I'm not taking anything away from this but I I know people who've been extreme health fanatics and have a heart attack at 50 and, and, and it's like they're not eating the french fries you know the deep fried food you know some of the they really give a lot of effort and yet they still have a health problem why is that well I can't answer every situation but I know this is one of the issues you know there's a there's a place called the Cleveland Clinic Foundation they said stat from them says 75 to 90 percent of all doctor visits are for stress related conditions and symptoms isn't that quite a stat 75 to 90 percent they said effects of frequent stress run the gamut 
headaches, stomach issues, high blood pressure, chest pains, fatigue, depression, diabetes, obesity, skin conditions, uh, anxiety, and sleep disorders. They just run the gamut related to stress issues. How many understand we cannot be trusting him and worrying about something at the same time? Those are, those are a contradiction of terms. So what do I do? Well, we need to do some casting. I think, you know, you think about throwing a rock. You throw it away from you. You throw it far from you. And in this, in this instance, it is a voluntary submission of what we know and of what we can do, of what we see, and we're submitting to the Word of God. What God says about me, I give precedence in my life. And I take my situation, I cast it over on Him so He can deal with it. Once He's got it, I don't have it. Once I cast it on Him, it's a decision that I make. And I want to I help you today, especially some who are dealing with this, it's pretty intense, but all of us in a principled way, no matter where we're at, to do exactly that. I want to take a moment today and pray. And in this prayer, it is, a, it is a casting of our cares and worries on the Lord. It is a taking of our current situation, things that we're dealing with, and we're saying, Lord, I'm giving it all over to you. I'm not going to worry about this anymore. I'm no longer going to let this trouble me. I'm no longer going to let this be my concern. Because again, remember, it never helps. And if it is actually a reflection of pride, pride is that limit on your life. It's that limit that keeps you from going higher. Father, thank you today for your presence. Thank you for your word. We acknowledge you in all of our ways. Thank you for speaking to our hearts and helping us to walk in the fullness of your plan and your blessing. Lord, we humble ourselves under your mighty hand today. Thank you for your blessing and favor in our lives. Everybody say this out loud with me. If you, if you can, pray this out loud with me. Say, Father God, I humble myself under your mighty hand. Your word is true, and I submit myself unto you now. I cast all of my cares, anxieties, and worries upon you. I will no longer be concerned. Now you name it before him. About. You can do that quietly. Say it again. I will no longer be concerned. About. Because I know that you care for me. I will not be afraid. I know that this situation is turning around for my good and your glory from this moment on I will not entertain negative thoughts I'll not entertain feelings of uncertainty I believe that you're working it out today I humble myself today and I turn it all over to you Thank you, Lord, for working it in people's lives today, in this place today. Don't pick it up on the way out, by the way. It might be out hanging out by the door. <laughs>
you jump in your car and it comes back, replay, because your mind works that way. So how do I keep it in, 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 in force? Just every time it comes back, say, thank you, Lord, I've already given that to you. I've given that to you. I thank you that you're, you're working it out today. You're working it out today. I don't, I don't have to deal with that. And just say it right out loud. Amen. Don't let it creep back in. Just continue. Oh, Lord, thank you, Lord. You got that. <laughs> you got that. We're good to go. Amen. Amen. But if you've been believing God and you've been saying, I'm standing on the word, I'm trusting, I'm believing God for his promise to come to pass or my prayer to be answered, that's fine, good, keep doing that. But just identify it. If you're also just constantly stressed out about it, that's a contradiction. And so deal with that issue. And it'll allow your faith to flow freely in the direction of what you need. Amen? Amen. We want to make sure that everyone has an opportunity to get...